Well, good morning. How are we doing, Hilton Head Island Community Church? You guys all right this morning? All right, very good, very good. My name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, I'm the lead pastor, and I'm very glad that you have joined with us this morning to worship and to dive into God's Word. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. How many of you have ever been in a wedding and heard the words from 1 Corinthians 13? All right, very good. Yeah, a lot of you. Uh, we uh, understand those words at a wedding, and we often understand uh, this love chapter from the Bible as it relates uh, to husbands and wives and uh, maybe boyfriends and girlfriends and marriage and dating and all that kind of stuff. But we often miss the fact that this was written to a church and it was speaking of the love of God and how that gives us a foundation from which you and I can love each other. And oftentimes we fail at that love. Oftentimes we fail at communicating that love. Oftentimes we really miss the mark. How many of you have ever loved someone or you know, had it maybe a crush, like you know, just a, a mild crush? And, and you miss the mark on communicating that love a time or two. Husbands, raise your hands right now. Okay, boyfriends, all right, yeah. I, I have missed that a lot in my marriage and uh, in the relationships that uh, I've had with my parents and even my sister. Um, and my kids often uh, missed it yesterday with Sean on occasion. But I had one really big miss, and it was in college. I was a freshman. And this was before I met Cynthia, my wife, uh, who was up here playing the keys. And uh, she'll be up later, our uh, programming director. And uh, it was before I met Cynthia. And there was a, there was a girl in, in, that was in my life. And I liked her, and I liked her a lot. And um, it wasn't seeming to be going the same way. Like, it seemed like it was a one-way street, all right? You know what I'm talking about, right? So finally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's counseling afterwards for that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> It seemed to be a one-way street, and so um, I went up to her one night. I went to Liberty University, and after our church service, we had church on campus. Um, we went to church a lot at Liberty. You, you had to go three times during the week. You had to go on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So, um, and once they did away with the rules, everybody started to actually go to church. That was kind of funny. Illustration for a whole different message. Okay, but anyway, um, after church one night, I went up to her, and I'll leave her nameless, and I said, hey, I, I just have a question for you. Um, I, I really like you, and, and I'm really enjoying getting to know you, but I feel like I'm wasting my time. What's going on here? And she's like, well, I did like you until right now, and where I see this going is nowhere because you don't get love. And I'm like, all right, I don't get love. And so it was a total crash and burn, and she proceeded to tell me that you need to be friends before you move on to that, and you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I was really a mess, and I didn't understand it, but I got to tell you, you and I fail at love a lot, don't we? We really have a hard time understanding love. And I'm not talking about just the romantic kind of love. Um, I wanted a relationship with this girl, but it was based selfishly. It was based on what I wanted. And I don't want to take the time to develop a friendship. I didn't want to take the time. I just wanted to date and I wanted to know where she was. And I asked the question, 
am I wasting my time? She's like, yeah, you are wasting your time. Get out of here. So anyway, uh, I completely crashed and burned, and I'm so glad because a few months later, I started dating Cynthia. And so anyway, and the rest is history. Oh, isn't that sweet? But uh, we crash and burn at love, but you know, it's not just in the romantic type relationship. It can be in friends. It can be with family. It can be with parents, with siblings, um, students. It can be with um, students that you're around each and every day at school. It can be with people that live in your neighborhood or live in your community. And often, because we take on a selfish type of love. We take on a a want in our love, a desire in our love. Um, We really miss God's view and God's point of love in general. And that's what 1 Corinthians is all about. In fact, I want to remind you that 1 Corinthians was written to a group of Christians in a church in Corinth in the first century. And the problem that they were facing, um, one of the many problems they were were facing in this church, was the fact that they were um, prideful and they were arguing about who was the, the most spiritual in the church. And so they were arguing about spiritual gifts, and they were arguing about, you know, people, how they prayed, and, and that kind of thing. And so it w- became kind of this uh, competition uh, among Christians. Have you ever seen that work out well? Um, and so Paul writes them a letter inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he addresses that. And the way that he takes out pride is through telling them about God's love. And I wonder what you and I would be like. I wonder what our relationships would be like if we would allow love to do its work by taking pride out of the way that we have in our lives. Pride ruins so many relationships, doesn't it? And it comes close to ruining so many more. Um, If we would allow the love of God um, to really, truly invade our lives and be the thing that we work from in terms of the relationships that we have, I believe that we would have different relationships altogether. Listen, over these past few weeks, um, we've journeyed through this and this series called Love Handles, and we come to the end today. Some of you are like, thank you, finally, and some of you are like, no, I love this. Ah, no pun intended. Uh, and so uh, Love Handles getting a grip on God's view of love, and my prayer and my hope is that over the course of these last few weeks and that today, um, that you will be able to understand a little bit better the kind of love that God wants us to have and the kind of love that God desires for us to have, even though we can't perfectly achieve it because we're not him, and even though we are going to fail, this kind of love is the love that he intended for us to receive by sending his son to die on the cross for us, but it's also the basis from which we should work and the basis from which we should go in terms of loving other people. We began in week one uh, by talking about the Greek words for love and the fact that love is a verb and the fact that you and I have all these different ideas of what love is. And the Greeks even had four different words for love, eros, the romantic kind of love, phileo, the brotherly kind of love, storge, the loyalty kind of love. And then in the Bible, there's another Greek word that's almost exclusively used in the Bible to describe God's kind of love, and that's agape. And that's where we've been today. And so I want you to know that any time, almost any time, that you read the word love in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's that agape kind of love. It's the love that we're talking about here in this series. In week two, we talked about the characteristics of love, and Paul says that there were two that really leads to a third. What were the two? Love is patient. All right, let's wake up here. All right, love is patient, and love is... All right, you guys are with me now. And it leads to, if we are patient and kind... It will lead to truth. It'll lead to truth. And love 
promotes truth. If we are patient, we are kind, it promotes truth. Last week, we talked about what love is not and how we often miss it, which we do. And I just give you a great example of missing it um, and being selfish in love. Today, what we're going to talk about is the fact that love not only is, it not only uh, does, it not only has characteristics that it is not, but um, love does. And so we're going to focus on what love does. And here's going to be my challenge to you today. Here's going to be the kind of like the whole point is, is that at some point in time, in terms of whatever relationship that, uh, that we have that has that tension or, or has that strife or, or we want to see promoted or we want to see move forward and it's honest and it's genuine, at some point in time, you and I have to come to our end game and allow agape to do its work. Are you with me? At some point in time, we have to stop trying so hard. We have to do our part. That was what the last three weeks about. This is what God's part is, and this is what love does. And you're going to see characteristics of what love does. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 13. Today, we're going to look at just two verses, really one and a half verses. Check this out in 1 Corinthians or excuse me, Second Corinthians, or First Corinthians, chapter thirteen, uh, verses seven and eight. Check this out. Love. Not only have we said it's patient and kind, and all those things that it doesn't do, like envy and boast and be arrogant and rude, and insist on its own way, and not be irritable and resentful, and not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoicing with the truth. And then he says this: Love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. And then he ends in verse 8, or he starts in verse 8 by saying, I want you to say this with me, love never ends. He goes on to say, as for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they'll cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. And he ends the whole chapter in verse 13 by saying these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so Paul in verse 7 describes what love does. I, I love Bob Goff's book, Love Does, and that's where I kind of got this title from. Um, how many of you have read in parts or in the whole Bob Goff's book, Love Does? Have, have any of you read that? Isn't it a fantastic book? I mean, it is fantastic. I encourage you to read it. In fact, in your worship folder these past couple weeks, there's a URL code where you guys can go and you can buy it, um, and it is an amazing read, and he has so many great stories um, a guy who was a very successful uh, attorney and really understood throughout his life at different points in his life how much God loves him. And I want you to hear this today. Even though this series is about this relationship, at the core of it really is this relationship. And I want you to know this. If you walked in here today and you don't believe that God loves you, uh, I want to challenge you just for the next 20 minutes to put that mindset on the shelf and allow the Holy Spirit to, to maybe um, do a work in, in your heart and your life that might change you and may even change these relationships here on earth in a miraculous, extraordinary way. Let's talk about what love does. We, we finally get to this where Paul talks about it. He, he goes into detail about it. He uses four specific words that we're going to look at. The first one is bears. Okay, love bears, not, you know, that kind of bear. Okay, all right, not the bear, you know, not the ground bear, love bears. And the word literally means this, to bear something in the original language means literally to endure something difficult yourself or 
on the behalf of another person. To endure something difficult yourself or on the behalf of another person. There's a similarity between the first word and the last word. If you look at love bears and love endures, you might kind of summarize and kind of come to the conclusion that like this is kind of the same thing. Paul's repeating himself. And in, in, in some ways he's not, but the words have a, a slightly different meaning. Um, the, the word bear is really talking about you or I, when we're in a relationship, being able to endure something on, on behalf of someone else or, or bear it yourself. The, the word has a connotation of like taking it on to protect the other person. In fact, some of your translations may have the word protect there. It, it may say the love protects um, love bears, it protects, it endures. Endures is slightly different. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But this idea of bearing something has the picture of it takes it on in order to protect the relationship or to protect the person. And that's one of the things that God did by dying on the cross, by sending his son to die on the cross, um, is he endured the pain of the sin of the whole world so that you and I don't have to. Are you with me? That's the whole point of agape love. It's kind of like a, a secret service agent or, or someone who's uh, you know, um, protecting someone else willingly stand in front of the bullet and get in the middle of, of harm's way for that other person or for the relationship. And it literally means to endure some type of difficulty so that you protect either yourself or the other person or the relationship. Um, I, I love the idea of the fact that um, the roofs of, of our home protects our home, and that's essentially like the idea that Paul's trying to communicate. We, uh, we bought our house in 2009, and um, it, it was a, a mild fixer-upper. Like, I could not buy a house that was a full fixer-upper because I don't do those things really well. But I can, like, ask some people like many of you who are good at that and get ideas and maybe even get you over to my house and, like, help. And um, it was a, it's a kind of a mild fixer-upper. It still is in a lot of ways. Um, but one of the things that I liked is, is that the roof on our house was a year old um, when we bought the house. Um, because I know that roofs are very, very expensive, aren't they? Uh, an asphalt roof on a house our size, we have a very modest um, size home and modest home, um, would cost upwards of $10,000 or more, and it would last about 20 years. And so I wanted to ensure that that part of my house, because I am sure not getting up there to do that work myself. And so I wanted to make sure that that roof was in good shape. And so we had to do so much to that house in the first couple of years. And some of it we hired, some of it we did ourselves, and some of it was necessary. And yeah, there were a few things that were probably unnecessary that we wanted. And so, but we did it with cash. Dave Ramsey, okay, Financial Peace University. All you Financial Peace guys, cash, okay, all right. I'm right there with you, okay. So anyway, um, so we, we did all that. But I knew that the roof was so vitally important because the roof protects everything, doesn't it? If you have a roof that fails, you potentially have like a floor or ceiling that fails, right, if it rains. Um, if the roof fails, you have an electrical system that potentially fails. If you have a roof fails, you're probably going to end up replacing the air conditioner at some point in time if that roof fails long enough, right? The water heater, which I don't understand why in the world they put water heaters in the attic. 
down here. But anyway, that's a whole other story, another time. Um, The roof is everything. And I got thinking about it. The roof takes on all the weather. It takes on all the storm. It takes on all the critters. And we have a lot in in our neighborhood, squirrels and probably other things that I don't want to think too much about. And it takes on like all of that stuff. And in some ways, it acts as, as, as a shock absorber. It absorbs the, the um, wear and tear of the outside so that we can sleep at night with peace. And that's the picture of agape love and what it does. See, when, when our love for others, whether it's our wife or husband or parents or brother and sister or a friend or a community or, or a people, um, when it's rooted in agape love, it is going to take on the characteristics of a roof that is there to protect and to defend and to keep safe. It absorbs, it insulates, it contains. And so that's what love does. In fact, um, what happens is that agape love, when there's protection, is strengthened. Agape love strengthens us to persevere in adversity. And so when you and I operate with agape love, when we have the best interests of the other person in mind or the relationship in mind, when we have the best interests of that relationship or that person in mind, and there's an opportunity for us to protect that relationship or that other person, and I don't mean physically all the time, although that could be the case, but emotionally, husbands spiritually, um, wives spiritually, students with other fellow students, some of you in your workplace, even when it's difficult. Um, it allows that agape love to, to be strengthened and, and to grow, and it allows us to persevere in that relationship. You, you probably have experienced this when um, someone does something for you that is so deeply meaningful, and I don't mean go out and buy you a gift necessarily, although that may be important for some of you, um, but it's something that is deeply, deeply meaningful that protects you or that relationship, there's a bond that's strengthened there, isn't there? And likewise, when that doesn't happen, that bond begins to be broken. And so Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that one of the things that agape love does is it bears. It bears all things. It bears all things. That's what agape love does. That's what Jesus did on the cross. That's why we are singing all of these songs that focus and reflect our mind and our heart on the cross of Christ because that's the example. That's the foundation. That's it. And so it bears all things. But the second thing he says is it believes all things. I love this. It says um, believes. The word in the original language means to have a strong reliance on someone or something. It believes all things. Now let's face it. Um, in relationship, um, just because of sin and because we're, we're flawed and we have failures as humans, we give the other person or the other people in a relationship a lot of opportunity to not believe us. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that's given somebody an opportunity to not believe me, but okay, I hope that you're with me on that. Like just because of the fact that we're sinful and we're human, We give other people the opportunity to have a lack of trust or belief in us. And what Paul is saying here is not that love believes, love love, uh, bears all things, and it believes all things. He's not saying there that you're going to necessarily believe 
the other person, although that's part of it. You may not be able to, based on the history of that other person or people, believe them or trust them or put your, you know, your future, we're going to talk about hope in a minute, uh, put your trust in them. But if it's born out of agape, God kind of love, then you can put your belief in what agape love is, and that is God's unbelievably unconditional love and grace. Um, you and I uh, have this um, idea of belief and trust that we can put in another person, and when we do that, we set ourselves up for failure, don't we? Um, we set ourselves up to, to be let down because we're going to fail each other. I wish I could, could have every couple that I've ever married, and I've done a lot of weddings over the years, and, and tell them, um, you're going to fail him, and he's going to fail you. Let's start from there. <laughs> um, friendships. My, my best friend has failed me, and I've failed him. But because it's born out of agape love, we can believe in that love. Not necessarily in each other, but we can believe in love. You and I have the tendency to fail each other because of who we are. and We just have to realize that and we have to put our trust in the God of agape love. I love H.D. Spence, a theologian that I read. He was an Anglican theologian from England. And, and he writes this in, in the pulpit commentary. He says, love is entirely alien from the spirit of the cynic, the pessimist, the ecclesiastical rival, and the anonymous slanderer, the secret detractor. Because if we put our hope in people, we will become cynical. We will become um, people who lack trust, and we will become people who um, are, are always disappointed because people will let us down. But God, who sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, will not fail you he does not fail us and that's the thing about agape love is that it believes and it trusts even when trust has been eroded agape love gives us trust when trust has been eroded and i'm sure that there are some of you in here today um, who you've had someone very close to you um, erode the trust in the relationship you can get that back and the healing may take time, but you can get it back over time if you really truly understand agape love. The next thing that he talks about, that Paul talks about, is hope. Uh, we talk a lot about hope. Um, you know, the, the politicians are talking about hope all the time, right? It just makes you sick, doesn't it? Because there's nothing that we can hope in from them, right? Okay, all right, that was my political speech right there. Hope means to be confidently, <laughs> confidently expectant for the future. Hope means to be confidently expectant for the future. But once again, people are flawed. They change. They will fail us. They will hurt us. People erode uh, the trust that we place in them. And, and I want to tell you today, if your um, love hopes in that relationship, and that relationship is based on and it's rooted in um, eros, romantic kind of love, 
if it's based on and rooted in phileo, brotherly kind of love, if it's rooted in storge, this loyalty kind of love that we may have, or if it's rooted in the, the type of love that maybe your parents communicated to you that doesn't line up with this, perhaps it does, and that's a good thing, but if it lines up with maybe what the world has told you or students, please, what your friends have told you about love, it will fail and hope will be elusive forever. It will be. And you'll walk through your life frustrated and miserable because people continue to let you down. But if you and I put our hope in agape love, then when people do change, when they do fail, when they do erode our trust and our hope, we can still have a fearless outlook on life because we're putting our trust in Jesus. Agape love assures us to face the unknown with a fearless outlook. You want to be resolute in your life? Put your hope and your trust and your, your source of love in, in the one who has perfect love, not in those of us who are flawed love, me included. Um, that's why Paul says that love prevails. He ends, and it begins in, in verse 8 by saying love never ends. And then in verse 13, he says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. The reason that he says that is because it's agape love. He wouldn't say it if it was eros. The word is agape. It's agape every time you see love in chapter 13, the God kind of love, the unconditional kind of love, the, the love that absolutely, positively never fails. But all the kind of love that we know, it will fail. And so love prevails, and that's why love prevails. Agape love assures that we can face the unknown with a fearless outlook. And then finally, he says it endures all things. Endures means to face something with courage. And this kind of endures is different than the, the idea of bearing because bearing has the, the connotation or the impression of like we're protecting, like it's kind of one of the two people or one of uh, you know, the many people in the relationship protecting that relationship endures is, is that you and that person or you and those people that you love, agape love, that you can go through difficulty and see it through to the other side. You can face something with courage. That's what it literally means. And together, um, if you both have agape love, there's not anything that you can't face if it's agape love. The problem is, and I know my problem has been, is that so many times... Um, I try to base with that person, whether it's my best friend or my, my wife or, or even my kids or parents, um, I, I, I base that love on something else other than God's kind of love. Like with God's kind of love, you can endure anything. And so agape love supports us to journey through difficulty with bravery. You together can be brave um, when you go through difficult times. You see, Christ endured with us on the cross. I want you to hear this because every song that we've sung today and every song even at the end that we're going to be singing um, focuses, us on, focuses us on Christ. And I don't want you to miss this. If, if you like tuned out for the last few minutes, man, come on back for a second. God endured and continues to endure your sin on the cross. That's agape love. That's lasting kind of love. That's not the kind of love that's here today, gone tomorrow. That's truly the kind of love 
that will last. And so Paul says that agape endures all things. You see, we cannot be confident in anything that the world is telling us about love. And look, I, I'm your pastor, and I bite into it sometimes too. I, 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 you know, I take the bait. We can't be confident and, and successful and think that, the, that any kind of version of love other than this love will work, will help us to, to love others um, in, in a way that's healthy and righteous. And that's the bottom line this morning. You and I, we can be confident. We can absolutely be confident that agape love is the only way to love others as Christ loved us. Um, for some of you, the last three weeks have been really challenging, and, and now it's time to allow love to do its work. It is a verb, um, and sometimes you've got to let that, you've got to let that happen. You've got to stop trying to make it happen and let agape love do the work. Yes, inspect yourself. Yes, make sure it's pure. Make sure that agape love is there. If you're here and you're, you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to give you time to do that right at the end. And, um, you know, that is your first step towards letting agape love. But at some point in time, you have to stop trying and, and do. Now, now we've got one more action item. I, I want to read this. <laughs> I've just told you to stop trying. But you've got one more thing to do, okay? Identify the most meaningful relationship in your life. And ask God this week to give you the strength to stop, say that with me, to stop what's not working, and to allow agape love to prevail. Um, sometimes when we try and try and try and try again, um, all we're doing is digging a, a, a bigger hole with the wrong shovel. We're, we're digging in the wrong place, we're, we're digging with the wrong tool, and we're working so hard, and the results are not there. And we become frustrated with ourselves, with the other people, with God. And what I'm telling you today that you and I, me included, have to do is we have to stop what we're doing that's not working and allow agape love to work um, Cynthia, when I was, I think I was about 32 years old, 31 or 32, she, uh, she got me um, for my birthday, she let me go out and buy um, a couple wedges. And you guys know I play golf. I love the game of golf. Um, and I, I'm, by the way, for two Christmases and two birthdays in a row, she's been trying to buy me new irons. Thank you, honey. I love you so much. And like now she's just irritated that I haven't because I'm a cheapskate, but I'm getting them next week. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you, dear. But this is a, uh, everybody told me to go out and buy um, Cleveland wedges. And so I bought, a, if you're a golfer, you understand this, a 52 degree, which is a, a fairly normal loft. And then um, this one, which is a 60 degree loft. And you guys can see how incredibly lofted that club is. You know, a driver's like right there, the face of it. This face is like that. It's at a 60 degree angle. And if any of you have tried to hit a, a club that has this much loft, which is about as much loft as a club has, um, it, the first time you try it, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Because you might swing a full swing, and that ball goes like two inches. Because <laughs> that club just goes right under the ball, right? 
And so I'm out practicing one day. I got my 52 degree and I'm got my 60 degree and I'm just hitting and hitting and hitting and the ball's just like, you know, going two inches in front of me, two inches in front of me, up and down. Or I'm topping it and it's going all the way across and hitting people across the green there uh, at, the, uh, you know, at the golf center. And uh, I had a guy come up to me um, and I could tell he wanted to give me some advice. And I'm a guy. So I don't like advice. <laughs> but he really gave me some good advice that day. And this club has become my favorite club in the bag. And he said, man, you got to stop trying so hard and just let the club do the work. And all of a sudden, I just um, stopped and I just let that club do the work. And all of a sudden, man, I was hitting these nice lobbed up in, up in the air. I actually chipped one in with this. Um, at Wexford a couple years ago, a long time ago. I haven't chipped in one since, but I love this club. <laughs> Absolutely love this club, but I needed to stop trying and let this club do the work that it was made to do. Um, maybe you're in a relationship that you are absolutely frustrated beyond belief. Maybe it's a relationship with God or a parent or brother or sister. Maybe it's a spouse, and you're frustrated. And for you, today's message really doesn't have to do with doing anything specific other than stop trying what's not working and allow God's love to do its best. Cynthia, I'm going to ask you to come up here. Cynthia is um, going to join me up here. Um, we've been married for 20 years. And... Um, <laughs> And we've lived in um, how many homes? Nine? Ten homes? Ten different? Nine. Nine homes. Okay, nine homes. Not double digits. I wasn't announcing anything to you, by the way. <laughs> We're not moving again, okay? So, um, and uh, we've lived in nine homes, and we've lived in um, near Miami. We started out near Miami, and then in, in Georgia, and uh, then in New York City, and, and now here for almost a decade now, going on a decade. And uh, we've been through thick and thin. Um, a lot of you may look at a pastor and his wife and think, man, they have got it all together. I'm sorry to disappoint you. We don't. <laughs> and um, when I look at Cynthia, um, she's the epitome of that agape love because she has bared some tough days that I've been through. Hey, man, I'm, I'll be 43 on Tuesday. Uh, Midlife crisis, guys, okay, all right. I've gone through a, a lot of stuff the last couple years of my life that she's bared. Um, she has always done that. Times she's protected me. There are times I've protected her. Um, she's believed in me when sometimes I didn't even believe in myself. She's hoped with me and sometimes when I lost hope. And she and I have endured some incredible attacks of the enemy. Um, and sometimes it happens every day. And whether it's a spouse um, or whether it's a parent or brother or sister, um, if you're here today and you're trying other stuff other than agape, uh, it's just going to fail. When I, uh, when I work and work and work and work hard on this relationship, um, she sees right through it. <laughs> Right? You know, guys, when I'm talking about men, um, when I allow agape to infiltrate our lives and let it like seep 
deep within our lives, it's a whole different story. And um, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but we're a testament today that whatever relationship you're facing that has tension or it needs healing or it needs broken, um, I believe it's time for you to stop doing what you've been doing and allow agape to do its work. Thank you, Cynthia. And I love you very much. God, I thank you so much for today. And I thank you for this time um, that we've had together. God, and I, I recognize and I realize that there are probably a lot of people um, who are in here today. And uh, there may be a lot of pain in their, in their lives. And God, they may be in a position where they've decided to stop bearing it. Um, they've, they're in a position where they've had enough. We've been there before. Both of us. They've had enough and they've decided that they're going to stop believing in the other person. Well, maybe that's good because maybe today's your day to start believing and trusting in God. And the work that he can do in that relationship, whatever that relationship is. Maybe you're here today and um, right now, hope in the relationship that gives you the most grief and tension is uh, the thing that bothers you the most because you just can't hope anymore. Maybe you're here today and you've tried and tried and tried to endure and you've read articles and books and you've listened to messages and maybe it's time today for you just to stop doing what's not working. Allow God the God of agape, the God of true love, the God who sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and for mine, to do his work in your life and in the life of the other person or the other people that you're struggling with. And God, I pray right now you would just allow people in this room to let agape do its work. There's a, there's a time and a place for us to do our part. God, there's also a time and a place for us to stop and to allow you to bring healing, to allow you to bring hope and endurance and restoration and perseverance. There's a time and a place to allow agape to do its work in the relationships that we have. And God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would be with everyone in this room who right now has a name in mind. They have a relationship in their head. God, and there have been sleepless nights and sleepless weeks and months because of that relationship. God, I pray that you would allow agape to do its work for the truth to prevail because we know that at the end of the day, that love does. Love triumphs. Love endures. And God, I thank you so much for that. God, I pray for those who may be in here today and um, they can't allow agape to do its work because they've never accepted your agape. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, um, I just want to challenge you. I want to plead with you to do that today. Don't let one more day go by without accepting agape love. I promise you, it is the greatest decision. It is really the only personal decision that you're going to make that is eternal. Because all of us have one thing in common in this room, and that is, is that we all have an expiration date. And you don't know when yours is. And I want to challenge you and invite you to accept Jesus as your Savior 
today. Accept his love. And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. And you can pray it just silently in your heart. It goes like this. God, thank you for, for that unconditional love that you showed by sending your only son to the cross for my sins. And right now, today, I accept your agape love. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed in here, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to look up at me and raise your hand. Just look up at me for a moment and raise your hand. Just keep it up for a moment. Awesome. Awesome. See you. Anyone else? A few hands up. Anyone else this morning? God, I thank you for those who have said yes to you. God, right now as we just reflect on um, how deep and amazing your love is, God, I pray that you um, would just continue to do a work in this room. If you did accept Jesus as your personal Savior, um, I'm just going to ask you to fill out the bottom of that connection card that you got, uh, bottom of that worship folder that you got. Um, I'm going to be down front here on this side over here, and I'm going to ask you to just bring it to me after the service is over. Just bring it to me. In the meantime, we're going we're gonna to listen to this, the words of this song, and as you are there sitting listening to the words of the song, um, just allow God to continue to do his work um, with agape love in your life. God, thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.